Greetings, Wargamers. We're your hosts, Trevor, Jay, Josh, and this is Shane Attack. Attack. is sponsored by Discount Games Incorporated. Discount Games Incorporated specializes in customer service, low prices, and prompt shipping. You can find our web store at www.discountgamesinc.com. Welcome to Chain Attack. I'm your host, Trevor, and I'm in Season 3 of F1 Manager 22, and I am loving every minute of it still. It's it's kind of hilarious to me that you're on Season 3 and you're like over 100 hours uh, in. Yeah, my, my, fir- my first estimate ahead. of about 60 hours per season, that that's pretty accurate. Even Season 2 took me about 60 hours. You have to remind me, like, this is like, you have a a pause and a play button on this thing like you can set speeds right yeah during practices qualifications and races there is a, a essentially a speed slider from actual speed so full length of practice like hour-long practices up to time 16 so time 16 is as fast as you can send it which sometimes is not fast enough honestly i wish there was like a <laughs> fast forward to the end times 32 well, no, it is like funny. there's like, situations it feels like sometimes these type of game should have a like skip to the next relevant point but i understand there's all kinds of stuff that can happen as the time is passing right yes and to be fair they're in the game during practices and qualifications you can tell the game to just simulate and move to the end you don't have to go into it at all but if you do you it it just sucks if you do yeah the problem is is that the this the game does not manage it to the way you would manage it so your your only option is to go in, manage it, and then in the portions where you can't, you don't want to do anything, your only option is to speed up to time 16, where I wish there was a, you know, continue this to the end sort of thing and just skip to the end. And there's nothing like that right now. So uh, so I'm, I'm Jay, and I am getting to live the joy of dealing with... <laughs> I don't think there's much joy in that. <laughs> Actually, I'm gonna have once, I mean, once I have Josh introduces a couple times a week with me money. Uh, I'm Josh, and I am just desperately hoping that I can maintain my control over Kazakhstan because they're they're the only nation I have that's generating boost for me. And there is an alien fleet in low Earth orbit right now. The scale of this game is mind-boggling. I'm just gonna go out and say what it. what Terry, game is that? Good job, Terry everybody. Victor. Yeah. It's Terra Invicta, yeah. It's uh, it's seriously blowing my mind. So is it is it a 4x game? What is it a sim game? How would how do you describe it, Josh? I would call it a 4x sim game. I mean, like it it feels like what Trevor was just describing with F150, right? Like I'm hitting the play and pause button. There are points where like I have they're called counselors. I really think they should be called agents, but whatever. Where I'm sending my counselors out to do missions, and then you push the play button and time passes for them to complete those missions and crap happens in between all that. You know what I mean? 
I, it uh, looked like to me, just watching the preview, it looked like Stellaris, but more more management than Stellaris has. Is really that... okay? Jeez, I might have to play Stellaris at some point in time then. Oh, you've I never mean, played Stellaris? Uh, yeah. It, it, no, I never did get around to playing Stellaris. I started watching the videos that you had recommended as kind of the like, you know, hey, before you play Stellaris, check this out or whatever. But I kind of never got around to it. Um, anyway, I, I'm freaking hooked. Like it's. It's very much a spreadsheet game. I mean, I'm looking here at Kazakhstan where I have two of the control points, you know, and it's like I'm looking at their GDP and I'm looking at their boost and I'm looking at their economy. And I'm like, <laughs> it's like so many stats. And eventually this game, because I watched a video about before you play Terra and Victor for the first time, and I'm glad I did. And I mean, this thing goes out to the point of you could eventually be building fleets of spaceships that can go interplanetary distances, right? But like stop, it stop. starts I have I have tears in my eyes. I'm so proud. <laughs> <laughs> I mean is that so am I playing F one fifty, the space civ manager at this point? Not F one fifty, F F one manager. I mean F one manager, sorry. F one fifty is what I drive. Sorry. Sure. <laughs> uh um yeah, I mean it sounds like you are. Yeah. I mean what would like the level of sim you're playing is is 10 times more elaborate than the level of sim I'm playing. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, jeez. Well, I'm sure that I, I would, like, make players just turn in their grave, though, because I am <laughs> I am certain there is some ignore or that gets by me, you know. Uh, anyway, it's cool, though. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm getting ready to send one of my spies out to investigate a, a recent alien crash. So... Josh, I, I want your uh, your professional construction management slash bidder slash uh, all around construction awesome guy uh, to give me your opinion on something. So <laughs> I talked to the person who who bid out, um, you know, re- redoing the hardwood floors at Game Off, okay. and I and, and I guess first off, this this was probably foolish. Of me to think otherwise but like i looked up their google reviews and they were very positive um and then it comes time to um do it and the person that i've been talking with is not it's it's not really his company that's doing it he's contracted it out to some other company unbeknownst to me oh jeez. Um, and they so when I talked with him, he was like, you know, we'll we'll go in, we'll get it done in three days, and you'll be able to, you know, get going. And 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 like one of the other ones, they were like, uh, you know, this is going to be like an eight to ten day project like that, which which seems really long to me. Um, but and three days seemed really short. Um, and so I I doubled and triple checked with him, like, you know, this is three days isn't going to be an issue, et cetera. And he's like, oh yeah, you know, we're we when on our, you know retail customers we you know work late into the night etc to make sure that they're uh, back open again as quickly as possible and so then the the contracted out person comes and he starts working and it gets to the end of day two and i contact him and ask how the day went and he's like oh yeah it's going well and he's like yeah we should probably be uh you know able to be be finished tomorrow in three days like you had mentioned um and i I, this it 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 kind of um i'm sure you two have had this experience uh since you both did missions like i did but anytime anyone ever says something is probably going to happen (laughs) it means 
that it is not going to happen. <laughs> and so immediately I'm like, what, what, what? <laughs> uh, he was, he was very, like, you know, whatever. If it had been four days, whatever, that would have been fine. But he was very firm that it was going to be three days. And so I scheduled someone to come up from Salt Lake City on, on day four to come and install acrylic. The, oh, you know, one of, and so, oh, that sucks. And so it gets to, uh, you know, they put on, on day three, they put on the second layer of, of clear coat in the morning. And they they go back at about, you know, five in the afternoon. And he's like, yeah, it's still kind of sticky. We can't put it down right now, the next layer. And and he's like, you know, so did he did he say that it was going to be three days for three coats or what was going on there? And I was like, yeah, he's the one who said all that. And he's like, oh, yeah, because usually it's when we do three coats, it takes four days. And and so I, a I, I guess I'm curious what your opinion, Josh, on if this was like the person creating the bid not knowing or him over promising or them not like communicating a plan to. I'm I guess you don't really know the answers, but I'm I'm curious. Well, first and your foremost, you should never trust you should never trust an estimate uh, ever. Fair, fair, okay. I, Coming from an estimate, I say that as an estimate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally, just he's just the sales. Right. And look, like, like or not, guys who are even half decent at sales, they don't have technical proficiency nine times True. out of ten. Yeah. That's been that's been my experience. Uh, and but but so really, where he was off on the three days thing is just the the drying of the. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. So what they did was, um, he's like, you know, we're gonna, I, I, you know, I, I explained to him this morning kind of my situation and with the acrylic thing coming in yes right and he's like yeah okay so he he contacts me at five he's like it's not quite ready yet we're gonna come back at around eight or so and check it again and so he he messaged me at like you know around nine nine thirty tonight and was like okay we're we're putting the third layer down right now um and so we we had been planning on like starting setting things back up first thing in the morning tomorrow but now the the plan is that we're going to do it in the afternoon, and we don't have the brackets up yet for the acrylic, but that's going to be like the first <laughs> project that we have before. And like my my friend who um, is is doing this acrylic project for us, you know, essentially doing it as a favor. And so I don't want you know, incon- it's fun and exciting times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish stories of it all going right. What's the what's the quote from Captain Malcolm Reynolds? Just once, I want the go round plan to go right. <laughs> I think he says something like that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we we do have our our new shelving and fixtures in stock. Um, you know, we're not going to get the tables until the middle of uh, or end of November. And I'm I'm kind of in a a little bit of a quandary because the way that we have our uh, place we have these nice where we put carpet tiles down on top of that and why is because we, we have wheeled chairs for the the play space um and if we don't put the carpet down the the casters will you know end up making lines or divot the hardwood not hard enough to prevent that and so they they're like starting to sand away the the previous finish and they're like oh by the oh, way dear. you're you're not going to want to put 
uh, area rugs down for and which was another one i i guess i probably should have guessed that that was the case but we didn't really plan to have the place based down for two weeks <laughs> yeah dang and the other like the other thing about it is that and honestly when you uh put down the the carpet tiles it ends up ruining the hardwood floor anyways after it's down there long and so there's part of me that's like well does it matter if i put it down because it's gonna be ruined anyway mm. I, I mean i think yeah, i don't know i guess but it feels like it just ruin it faster right yeah i don't know i mean we're gonna i'm brian feels pretty strongly that you should just wait the two that is probably <laughs> yeah so i guess if if this is the uh extent of our tales of woe with uh, <laughs> <laughs> the gameopolis renovation all have gotten off pretty <laughs> way to put a positive spin on it there <laughs> um so things from discount games inc we by the time you hear this we should hopefully have our uh shipping stations back pumping out packages um and we should one of the things that we have in stock the games workshop has been out of stock they sold out almost right away uh was new space dwarfs uh for 40k we have the arm box still available i have it on good authority that you want to (laughs) best way to to do so (laughs) um all right so i i'm not sure what to title this segment but basically we kind of wanted to talk a little bit about geeks complaining about our embarrassment (laughs) of riches to to be fair topic (laughs) first world problems in geek nation yeah, it's a topic I think that Trevor is going to excel at. So, uh, <laughs> Trevor, why don't you lead us out? All right. So, I I think maybe I get exposed to this more than you guys do, although maybe you get exposed from, from the other side. So, I, I think I'm probably in a more conservative um, group set than you guys are of of geeks. Um, uh, I I feel very certain that is this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, you know, I, it shocks me when I see people complaining about things that I think are just how do I put it inane, less less reasonable. Oh, inane! I like inane. Yeah. Yeah. Really inane, screaming at the wall over things that I'm sure they feel are important somehow but really are not um i mean, I mean so do you do you have an example of oh gosh I guess put, with, put me on the spot without calling out uh none <laughs> of them friends or none whatever, of, i guess <laughs> none of my friends listen none of that group of friends listen to this and the, the truth oh, is is enough. that is that i think that this is like so we used the example in our, in our discussion before we started this of the black mermaid so there was a preview of The Little Mermaid, which I honestly have zero interest in. Uh, but somehow having... Well, a, I'm not the target audience for live action Disney remakes, I'm here to tell you. Yeah, but you, somehow... You are or not? I'm not. Yeah. But somehow this enraged a subset of people out there. But I don't want to I don't want to minimize... Um, what's going on, but it does feel like this is a, a an example of the squeaky wheel. You know, not not necessarily the general public. I feel like most people don't care. You know, but it does feel like, true. yeah, yeah. 
anyway, it's just it's really odd to me, and, and that's a bad example because it's not part of geekdom. Like, I, no one's going to say that the Little Mermaid is is akin to, um, you know, MCU or Star Wars, or but Star Wars is a good example, and the Lord of the Rings is a good example. Um, especially recently, they were talking about you know people of color being in in the Lord of the Rings Amazon series, etc., and and people you know saying, well, that's not. You know, that's not the way it was in the books, because apparently we saw, you know, skin color in the books somehow. But whatever. Um, these things just seem so unimportant to, like, how fun or interesting the the show is and super important to those people who would like to have some representation. And like I said, I'm easily the most conservative person on this podcast, and I'm fully in agreement with, like, the non-conservative people out there like this is not something and i just it's so weird to me that we're getting these things and the things that geeks are complaining about are these things like i i'm not complaining about any of the geek shows we're getting because like we have as jay mentioned an embarrassment of riches right now about I assume you're not complaining because you're concerned that your younger self will discover time travel come forward into the future and slap you for like, I just think about what we didn't have (laughs) as young formative nerds, you know? Yeah. I mean, I look back at the shows that I loved as a kid and they were like, I mean, I love shows like a team and, and quantum leap and uh, airwolf. And, you know, certainly those were more of the nerdy shows that we got on TV to a degree. Um, But they're, pretty tame in comparison to the the level of nerd that we're getting right now you know what i mean well it's i mean i I guess it's also i i never would have expected obviously that you know the the thing that has conquered hollywood is comic (laughs) and yeah like the, the thing that they're looking for right now is the next what comic book can i turn into a show right now right they're all all looking through them sandman you know, the, not not just the mainstream ones. Like in a lot of ways, these you know kind of big tentpole movies are are what's propping up everything, and almost all of them are you know Marvel or the comic. And and one of the things that I guess a related topic with it was related to the MCU that we talked a little bit off mics about how you know there's a lot of people who are just like I'm so tired of you know all these MCU shows or um there's also the segment of like and i i i I don't know how to take some of the complaints about like she hulk because it feels very much like uh the same people complaining about a black ariel and i i guess i shouldn't necessarily paint with as broad of a brush but you know i watch she hulk and i i think it'd be hilarious and also um you know if people are complaining about the mcu spell or using formula or you know, et cetera. This is this is something that yeah, that's your answer. It's completely right there, not right? that, yeah. right? Yeah, and th- so the one of the things that I saw um, at being a fairly major complaint that I thought was quite odd was the um, I'm sorry, I don't remember her name. The the female rapper doing the twerking scene and mm-hmm. and just ju- Megan the Stallion. Sure, it's not really in my wheelhouse, admittedly. Um, <laughs> like there was a bunch of complaints about twerking in the mcu like that it was i'm like really that's your complaint (laughs) like it was it i I saw a tweet that omnis did where uh 
he he posted a um, a GIF of or GIF or or one of those two. I can't remember. No, it's only one of those two things. Sure, <laughs> I, I can't remember which one makes me an, an apostate if I say it. So I guess I, I'll say both. Um, and piss off everyone. Yes, sure. yes, yeah. good. Yeah, that's good work, Jay. Mission accomplished. <laughs> uh, so he. He posted a GIF of uh, Star-Lord doing his dance-off versus Ronan. Mm-hmm. And, and basically, and, and it, I, I didn't really remember much about his dance-off, but it is, it's basically just him thrusting his hips. <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit of hip movement, yeah. The funny thing is, is if you remember, that actually caused a little bit of a stir, too. I don't remember because it turns out none of the groups that I'm in felt offended by that. <laughs> but, <laughs> but basically his point was like, you know, if why, why, why are all these people offended at She-Hulk twerking and not by you know, Star-Lord doing his dance off? But I guess evidently there were people who were offended by his dance off. <laughs> so it's, it is, it is really odd to me that the argument of why are we doing these silly things in comic movies? Like, have you read the effing comics? <laughs> like, they're toned down in comparison. That's what's yeah, so fun. Yeah. One of the things that's so funny about She-Hulk is the the fourth wall breaking is such an homage to the comics, right? right? Like, right. it's just funny. It's also funny, and like, obviously, this is going to be my opinion as uh, I guess the the guy who uh does not have kids but like i i just kind of feel like not everything has to be kid kid friendly or not everything has to be, like you can make content that's for different audiences like i'm i'm not upset that you're making content for little kids i'm just not going to watch it that's fine <laughs> well and the other way around like i you right, know your kids... i selected not to watch deadpool you know for right i'm probably not that good of reasons but I'm going to slightly disagree with Jay. I think you can make content that appeals to everyone. Well, you can, but it, you know, yeah, I think to, I just sort of Jay's point is you can make that variety, right? Sure. You like, can, but I don't think the you MCU have to. shows have been can. interesting I mean, because by, like, and I think vision got pretty universal appeal in my house, but then Loki didn't. Right. Falcon well, my, my, point, my point being is I've yet, I've yet to see as far as the mainstream MCU stuff, I've yet to see a show that I felt like couldn't appeal or didn't appeal to a fairly wide audience. Like I don't, I, even with, you know, multiverse of madness well, and she Hulk and everything that we've seen so far, my 11 year old is still seeing all of it. Sure. But I guess the, the counterpoint is uh, the, you know, like the movie that uh, Josh just brought up and, and it's obviously not, an mcu movie except now it is but... <laughs> which is what we should be talking about not this topic yeah, it was right. always an mcu movie in my heart <laughs> but you know obviously uh you know deadpool and deadpool were, were very adult movies sure and that seems fine to me. i don't know i don't have a problem with them you know i'm just saying that i don't think you have to I don't think you have to specialize. I think that the best entertainment can really fit a very wide array of audiences. I I think it's very difficult to, there's a point where you're, it's hard to do a wide array when, when the target audience is like four or five year old. I mean, Bluey maybe is the exception, but, but most of the stuff for kids of that age is very hard to make it still appeal to adults. I mean, but I think once they get to like 
nine or ten there on up. I mean, you can make a show that appeals from everybody there. Sure, but I also, as as someone like we've spent enough hours upon hours talking about movies that I know for a fact that a lot of your favorite movies are rated R movies. Oh yeah. But I would I would fully admit though that most of my favorite movies could have been made in a way that the average audience could have watched them and still been totally entertaining the same way they were. It just happens to be that they produce movies that I like and they generally make them rated R. Yeah, I mean I I don't know. I don't think that we're really that but (laughs) Yeah. I mean I, I will say that there are some that I think wouldn't have the same impact. I can name a few off the top of my head. Robocop is a good example. The nineteen eighties Robocop film used violence uh to make a point it's a dark comedy like i don't think you could that movie would not be the same if it were pg-13 and there's there's certainly movies out there and i think that while the deadpool comics are certainly pg-13 because they use symbols rather they like they they essentially beep out the swear words i don't think you could have made a pg-13 deadpool that would have really felt true to the comics um just because the way that they're handled in the comics is in such a unique way that doesn't really translate well to movies. So certainly, yes, there are movies out there that, that are better rated R. Uh, but I mean, I, mean, I watch a bunch of horror movies. Yeah, that's a good example. A lot of, a lot of them are better being rated R. <laughs> anyway, back to the MCU, because right now there's a lot of flack coming in for She-Hulk. And I think yes. all three of us, are really enjoying that show right now because it is humorous. It does uh, tackle what I would call more mainstream topics as far as what you would see on a general sitcom, but it's doing it from the perspective of a superhero. And I think it does a really good job. I like if this, honestly, if this were being aired on mainstream TV and it was about a, a lawyer uh, woman in, you know, in her uh, late to twenties to early thirties, and all the same topics, except for she wasn't She-Hulk. I think people will be lauding it for its humor and for its, you know, portrayals of of the working class woman. I, I just don't understand why you throw in a superhero and try to tell those same stories, and all of a sudden people are up in arms. Maybe because it's there's a slightly different audience. I, I mean, I don't know. To, to be fair, there's there's more white males. Uh, and I'm going to point the finger at us because we're all white males. There's more of us watching the show. If, if if this were on Lifetime and it were a, you know, same show that I just described, I wouldn't even be watching it at all. I mean, it yes, I understand. But it also, and and again, like I, some of this, I I just have a hard time grasping because so foreign. But you know, I I guess is kind of a related thing. Um, I didn't think that Rose's character in episode. Seven and episode nine. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Had were were that well done. Um, and I didn't think that that the actress got. I I wish she would have gotten a better part. And and but the part that like just kind of blows my mind is is like the level of animus the actress gets because of it. Or you know, and I don't know if it's because they don't like the character or they don't like that she's female or they don't like the minority or if it's all of the above. But it's just like it's so disappointing to me that you know this person has to effectively delete all of their social media accounts. Which I mean, I guess it would be better if all of us did that, probably. But <laughs> <laughs> but like the level of hatred, you know, how 
how awful would it be for you to, you know, be this actress and you're excited to get a break on a Star Wars movie and it's something that could be career defining or it's something that could, you know, be a, a huge step for you. And then the response from it is people just treating you like crap. Yeah, I mean, the part that's really frustrating about all of that is she's just doing what the writer and some directors told her yes. to do. Yeah, she's just showing up to her day job. Like if we had the level of scrutiny on our day jobs that that actors have yeah. on theirs, yeah. I mean, certainly they get paid a lot better than I do. So you know, there is that too. But um, I I wouldn't want the level of scrutiny that that um, I mean, I would get I would get blasted on social media all day if people knew how I handled my day job. I mean, <laughs> we all we all would honestly. Yeah, I mean, why aren't why why is J.J. Abrams not getting uh you know blasted nonstop on I mean maybe he is and I'm not aware of it but like uh like if you want to you know lay the sins of Episode Nine on someone he seems like a lot better candidate than the actress Wayne Rose yeah yeah so. I don't I don't understand it but I I don't understand hate for actors for characters like right. Like You're going into the personal. You understand the hate or... of the character. Sure. sure. I understand yeah, yeah. the hate of certain characters. I, I mean, we've discussed our hatred of of Mike from <laughs> Stranger Things. You know, we certainly don't dislike certain characters, but I would never ever go to that actor's social page and sort of rail against them because they really have very little input over the, you know, especially <laughs> new and upcoming actors or actresses. They have very little input as to how that character is being portrayed. It's mostly on the writers and the directors. Now, if we're talking about somebody who's established and they have some input on the script, that maybe that's a little different, but like, I mean, I, I read a, a pretty sad article one time about like the, the kid who, played joffrey on game of thrones oh geez who did a great job portraying this person uh everyone loved to hate and was just mm -hmm. like didn't a, he quit acting big over it a sociopath and and yeah he he quit acting and was like tried to figure out life because you know people were treating him poorly because they associated him with this character that he created. <laughs> so i don't know humans Humans are great. <laughs> one of the, one of the, yeah, one, one of the ones I'm actually surprised who stayed in acting um, is uh, he's in the Harry Potter series. I can't think of the character's name. Uh, the kid that that always hates on Harry Potter. Oh, Draco Malfoy. Yeah, like yeah. I'm surprised that that he continued on and is still acting. And you know, certainly you don't see him in really big roles or anything, but he's had some some success uh, sure. post Harry Potter. To me, you know, if I had been cast in that role and and had as much hatred on my on me or my quote unquote character as they do, I would do the same thing. Uh, you know, some other examples like Jake Lloyd and um, uh, I can't think of the other one. But anyway, you know, those sort of people they just sort of like they just wither away because of public perception on a character that's not even them. Yeah, I don't know. I, I going back to the MCU real quick. One of the things you mentioned off the mic, uh, Trevor, was kind of MCU FOMO, and that it feels like there's like I I kind of have the general philosophy that there's just so much television content out there that if there's something you don't like, that's fine. There's something else you can watch and let people you know enjoy their. Um, but there's 
a lot of people who it feels like they are upset at the MCU because on the one hand, they don't really want to keep up with everything. They're burnt out on it, or, or there's lots of different reasons, I guess. Um, they certainly the complain hand, like they're burned down on it. Sure, yeah. and Or they loudly proclaim that they do not want to watch, you know, X show. Um, but then they also feel like, you know, if I, you know, if I don't watch uh, WandaVision, I'm not going to understand what's going on in Multiverse of Madness. And in their defense, they're right. <laughs> 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 so, you know, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's, it is, I guess, going back to the MCU and, and Hollywood, but it is kind of interesting that, or I don't know if interesting is the right word, but it's been kind of this dominant cultural force for so long now, and there's a lot of people who don't want to keep up with it or invest all the time that it takes to watch every show and every movie, etc. But they also, too, I think, be able to enjoy it a little bit more casually, but feel like they can't. It almost feels like they're uh, war machine players. <laughs> don't want to play in the the um tournament scene and come to game night and get their butt kicked <laughs> yeah so. I, I guess you know they're they're they want it to be they want it to be the same thing forever this is this is something that nerds do all the time you know they want it to be the same thing forever but then when you make it the same thing they they complain that it's not different and then when you make it different they complain that it's not the same which is essentially what we've been getting from Star. Why does Star Trek not do that? I don't understand. Anyway, Star Wars certainly the the fans of Star Wars complain up and down about that whole scenario, and now it feels like those same people are complaining about the MCU doing these things. You know, when it's different, they complain that it's not the same, and when it's the same, they complain it's not different. The, and the thing that's funny to me is that it feels like the the thing that people should be doing is, um, you know, if I'm not feeling excited about She-Hulk, or I'm not feeling excited about Andor, or I'm not feeling excited about uh, Rings of Power. You know, that's that's fine. You don't have to be here. You don't have to watch them. But again, like we're there's just so much going on that even if you don't like those, you know, you can most likely be like, you know what, I am really excited about. Have you watched the trailer for the the Willow TV series? <laughs> and like, you're not excited like, about it? No, I'm 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 saying. This is a rhetorical thing, I guess. I'm saying, oh, like, right. if if there's all these other things that you're not excited about, surely there's going to be something that you can be excited about and not bitch about because there's so much out there. I don't know. Yeah, I, and I, 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 think, I think the Willow trailer looks amazing. Okay, good. I I was worried there. I, I'm sorry, Josh. I didn't want to scare you. <laughs> <laughs> I did think it was funny that I think it was was uh, our friend Monty uh, role. He did a tweet. He's like, like they're pumping all this money into Rings of Power and House of the Dragon to get me, you know, excited or interested. And then, you know, they they play the trailer for Willow, and I'm all in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all, I'm so all in. Oh my gosh, I it's been a while that I, since I've been so excited about a, a series. And honestly, it's been I, I don't know how long since I've I've watched Willow. I, it was since I've been kid i but i'm still excited for it I, I guess i need to rewatch the movie yeah i mean i i think i've i've talked about it in the past on this podcast but it's been a long time but as a kid i watched willow every day after school for i don't remember how many days in a row i had a, a cassette tape of each vhs cassette tape that had willow and rocky four and mm, i think that was all it had on it but basically i watched those two movies back to back after school every day for like 
who knows how many months in a row. Uh, I I love Willow, and all of my kids have seen Willow multiple times, and so my daughter is like off the charts excited. Um, so yeah. In the end, isn't that really what we're all saying? Is choose choose excitement. <laughs> yeah, basically. For all the good stuff that's out there, right? Yeah. Well, like, if you told me that, even just a few years ago, that Invincible was going to get a multi-season animated series on Amazon, I would have thought, ah, that's probably not going to happen. You know, but here we are. They're recording season three right now, audio for season three, uh, while they're animating season two. Um, So... And it turned out to be like I thought I thought it was going to be kind of a niche thing where um, people would that knew of it would enjoy it. But it probably wasn't going to make its way into the public zeitgeist. But you'd be shocked how many people stop me on the street and they're like, I love that show. And they'll point at my shirt. You know, Um, I just and I got nobody knew what my shirt was, you know, the month before. And then all of a sudden, like just tons of people all of a sudden are like hey that 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 show was awesome including people like <laughs> we usually have kind of casual you know days on friday because i do, normally don't have any meetings on on friday so the, the team's calls don't involve people being able to see my see my attire on friday so like i'll wear you know t-shirt and shorts on friday and i'll um I had coworkers that on a Friday we happened to have a meeting that I wasn't prepared for, so I was wearing my Invincible T-shirt, and my coworkers are like, "Yeah, I love that show." So you know, embarrassment of riches again. Yeah. All right. Well, we've got just a few minutes left. I'm going to do a couple of quick recommendations for people. Mm, who are I love not, quick pitches. Who are not my co-hosts because I don't think would like you, but <laughs> the the listener, some of the listeners might. Uh, so there's a director by the name of James Wan, Wan, one of those. Uh, and if you're interested in some horror movies, uh, at least a chance you've probably already watched these, but um, they're worth checking out. Um, he he did the first Saw movie and started that franchise. It's, it's not my favorite horror movies, but it is um, popular. Um, but the, the two that he did that are two of my favorite series, he did the Conjuring series and Insidious series. And so um, the Conjuring is probably my favorite horror series. Um, he also did, it, this is sort of a funny story, so I, I loved The Conjuring, and then I found out that he was going to be direct, directing a DC comic movie, and so I was excited that it was going to be good, uh, and that, that movie was Aquaman, <laughs> and <Aww>. nice. <laughs> it was not good. <laughs> he, he also directed Fast and Furious 7, <laughs> so, um, and the other name to check out is Mike Flanagan. So he has Oculus on Amazon Prime, free to watch. He has Hush. Uh, Netflix is free to watch. And then he has a series of miniseries on Netflix. Um, the Haunting of Hill House is probably my favorite of them. The Haunting of Bly Manor is probably my least favorite of them. But it's still pretty good. And then I also really liked Night Mass. Uh, he also did, he directed Doctor Sleep and wrote, it which i like quite a bit so if you're looking for something horror for the holiday season check out those two directors or, or probably the directors and what if you don't like horror um <laughs> i'm sorry I, I mean i don't know i don't know what to say you have stumped your co-hosts trevor i i like i guess admittedly i i do like certain types of horror which which types do you i don't i don't know how to describe it i guess i just don't like slashers Okay. And honestly, the one that I think 
would have the best chance of you two liking them are is the haunting of hill house and it's about you know this family that they they grew up this haunted mansion and it flashes and then it moves it's time skips into the modern day and it will do episodes from the perspective of family members um and it's it's really well done uh gets super high it's more of a uh haunted house type shing slasher hmm. and it's a series yeah it's uh it's a mini series on netflix huh yeah i would it's funny i i would have to go down and sit down and, like think about all the horror films i've seen but i i'm guessing that the ones that i would be most interested in are probably the ones that are more comedic um okay. so n- not really horror but i mean like I, trembles basically so that's Doesn't, not um i've never actually seen that what oh man i feel like you would love tremors uh, my wife loves it so i i'm guessing i probably would but i mean and really sam raimi yeah i, I i've enjoyed all the things of, that i've seen with sam raimi but i mean example is uh, tucker and dale versus evil i absolutely love that show but i wouldn't i wouldn't it's more mockery of horror than ever being horror i mean it's never really i guess there's some more serious scenes near the end but it's it's not really horror but i love that show <laughs> uh, uh yeah i mean the the evil dead or evil dead the 23 version of it is pretty good it might be than you like but it it's by sam Ray. i i never saw it i saw i've seen the original obviously and and the second one um and obviously seen army of darkness many many times <laughs> <laughs> all right well um i guess let us know what is your guys's favorite uh, geek property? <laughs> We'd love to hear it on the social medias. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! So according to this search, Prey counts as a horror movie, so that would definitely be okay, pretty far up go. there. There you go. We actually need to uh, do review uh, Prey. I feel yeah, like I would watch that one should. if it were not on Hulu. I just never. Hulu is my Paramount Plus. To you know, to tra- my Hulu is to Trevor's yeah, Paramount Plus. Oh man, that show's probably worth it to to get hulu at least temporarily it's it's fantastic all right well 